Matt Sepp, before we talk about high school football, I'm interested in your take on last night's Cowboys game. Absolute, utter garbage. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. We love you very much. You're, you're, you're one of our favorite people. You, the person. You're in our hearts and by, yeah, and by the way, like I don't know if this happens to you. I just, I don't know. I just assume that nobody's listening to this. Like, at all times, uh, there's there are two people that I know are listening. That's yeah. Mike Roach and Hudson Stanish. Yeah, I had H- like, hey Mike and Hudson, how are y'all? I had like three people come up to me and say, "Oh man, like I heard you say on Tep and stuff about that." I'm like, "What? You listen to that? Like, You're thank a nerd. you. Like, thank you." Um, you know who listens to it? You know who started listening to it? It's a lot of my colleagues at Valley Sports Southwest. Okay, because. We're we're usually at the biggest games of the week, and so usually we're talking about those games, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they kind of get your – we take more of a deep-dive perspective on those types of games. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I've, I've had a number of people tell me that they, they listen to this dumb podcast, which I cannot in good conscience recommend, but I can tell you thank you. Yeah. When you got, when you so let's pull back the curtain. When are you gonna have you back on on Bally? Was I that that bad? No, you were one? great. You were great, and I'd love bad? I'd love to make that like. Well, I, I told you I would do it again. Yeah, you know I now, now now weekly. Bally, Bally people, um, if you want me on weekly, you mm-hmm. have to, you know, got to grease the palms. Yeah. Oh no. And, and but and, and, if you want to have me on, you know, as, as you know, every couple of weeks, that's fine. So and we yeah. can do that. Um. So, but yeah, I, I definitely want that. I, I want, I want to be on like when I'm really traveling to random places, so I can like mm-hmm. ha- do another live shot from Toller. Yeah. Like I did last time, I thought that was fun. Yeah. Like, where, where is Matt Step this yeah. week? Uh, we, we, I think we should definitely make that happen. Yeah. Uh. to how this week? We'll, we'll, we'll tease that ahead. Country Meets Road Tour. Uh, this is your week four preview edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in just a moment, we're going to recap a wild and wooly week three. I don't know. It just kind of sounds good. Uh, and then we'll get to our week four draft. But we will start as we always do, Matthew, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week brought to you. By our friends at Country Meats. Ah, uh, yes. Countrymeats.com. Shout out to our friends at Country Meats. Have a team in need? Country Meats makes fundraising easy and lets you earn 50% profit. Reach your team's goals 50%? fast. 50%? That's, that's what the copy points oh. say. Reach your team's goals fast. Use the discount code STEP10. That's S-T-E-P-P-1-0. To get ten percent off your first order at countrymeats.com. Mm. Countrymeats.com. It's meat. Thank you, Country Meats. Thank you. Time for your Texas High School Fun Fact of the Week, Matt. Last week we talked all about the, the, the offense, but I think offense is lame. Let's talk about the defense. Matt Step. Who are the three UIL eleven man teams who have played three games? Kay. So Gunner not eligible here. Mm, sorry, Gunner. Who have played three games that have allowed seven or fewer points? Ooh, seven or fewer. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's nobody who's uh, the fewest points allowed. One team has allowed six. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Gunners allowed six. And then actually, there's a six-man team. Benjamin's only allowed six. They've been 
ripping people up. But anyway, what are the three UIL 11-man teams that have allowed seven or fewer points? I only have one guess, and I know they, they've allowed they've allowed ten points. Who's that? Amarillo Caprock. Amarillo Caprock has allowed ten points. Yeah, I, I have no idea on this one. You stumped right. me. Here, so the, the state's leading defense right now is the Crawford Pirates. They've outscored opponents 113-6, to and that one touchdown was to Centerville. Okay. Uh, which is, I would say, pretty good if the one touchdown you've allowed on the year is to Centerville. A state-ranked team? Exactly right. The other two, another in the 2A ranks, this in 2A Division One, the newly ranked Santo Wildcats have allowed just seven points this season. Okay. They pitched two shutouts, and then back in week number two, they allowed one touchdown to Goldthwaite. That's all they've allowed. The other one... Maybe this is off your radar, Matthew, but have you heard the good news about Sheldon Benite's Galveston Ball Golden Tornadoes? I have not heard the good news. Because they have allowed just seven points. They give up seven points to Lamarck in their opener. Okay. And then seven nothing over Texas City. That's a good win. That's a very good win for Galveston At Ball. At Texas City. Yeah. Seven nothing win. And then uh last week thirty nine nothing over Houston Madison. They've only allowed seven points this season. You know what? Galveston Galveston Ball is gonna be heavily favored in pretty much the rest mm-hmm. of their games in that district. They're going ten and oh, man. They yeah. Dude, I think they're, they're I think Gal Ball is going ten and oh. Remember when Gal Ball used to cook? They used to be like Yeah. Real powerhouse. Okay, keep an eye on Coach Benites. Golden Tornadoes, there you have it. Your Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week presented by Country Meats. Countrymeats.com. Thank you, Country Meats. All right, Matthew, let's take a little gander back in week three. And um, can we just sit and marvel at the wreckage left by Galena Park North Shore for a moment? We'll talk about other games here for a second. Ooh, but. Yeah, that was – and what made it more impressive – what's made it more impressive was is – their best wide receiver, David Amador, gets hurt very, very first, first drive. Play. Gets t- brought off on a stretcher. Like it's a, thank, thankfully, uh, precautionary. Great um, concussion. Okay, everything you know, medical medical team doing. They, the, we had a, we had a highlight of it, or we got to see it because we had a camera there for Valley, obviously, and um, so we got to see it. And he he was wide open behind the defense for a touchdown, and it just, I think he lost his footing. Yeah, and because he was going backwards to catch it. He fell backwards, and it did look like he, his like he kind of he did the thing where he fell back, and then thing. the head yeah. and the head really scary. hit hard. That can be really scary. So I'm glad he's yeah. doing better. So um, you know, I don't know if he's gonna play this week or not. They're gonna North Shore's not gonna rush him back. They're gonna, no. but thankfully it was nothing where as far as like any spinal cord mm-hmm. concussion. Medical team taking all the precautions as they should, um, but he's he's doing okay. So good to hear there. But um. You know, and then Dion DeBlanc's not eligible yet because they haven't got the paperwork in from Eisenhower. And they just said, you know what, we're just going to hand it to our two stud running backs in Rashad Johnson and DeAndre Hardiman and just and just run wild over the number seven team in the state of Texas. Guys, I, I said it on TV and I'll say it again. If they're going to run the ball like that, y'all are in big trouble, okay? Because that was, like, that was a vintage North Shore display against a team, remember, that, like, the whole sp- – Bring Westfield ethos. Their whole raison d'etre is to be excellent in the front seven. Mm-hmm. Like, to be excellent. And by the way, they are excellent in the front seven. They are. And North Shore ran wild on them. So I got a message from a Westfield coach um, not long after the game. And his, his message basically to me was, that's the best North Shore team I've ever seen. And they've, they play them every year. They played them every year in the yeah. last five years. So he said, yeah, uh, uh, 
<laughs> here's the he goes. This is the best North Shore team I've seen. They completely kicked the s out of us physically. Mm. We were not able to match their intensity or physicality. They're unbelievable. Okay, uh, sports gun to your head. Wipe the slate clean. There's no such thing as preseason rankings. Mm-hmm. Who's the number one team in six A? North Shore. Over Westlake. Yeah. Because that's the funny thing. Westlake. Dominant, done everything they've we've done asked them. To they've done nothing to make nothing wrong. I, did, I, I, if you put a sports gun in my head and say today North Shore and Westlake play, yeah, I'm taking North Shore. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, which, by the way, I was thinking about that as they were playing uh, that that game. I was like, that is, we're going to get that in a state semifinal, uh, which is going to be great because yeah. what uh, Westlake is almost certainly going um, D1. I got to oh, something awesome happened to me. All right, let's hear it. For the first time ever, I got to correct Craig Way. On a high school football thing, okay, because he was like, I was saying, man, Westfield and North Shore going to going to go D one in the semifinals is going to be great. And we were in a text thread with the scoreboard team, and he, he was like, oh, well, I don't know, Westfield, you know, Westlake may go D two, you never know. And he was like, I was like, no, 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 you know, I think they're going to D one. He's like, well, what if Bowie gets in? And I got to tell him, I was like, no, 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 Bowie's Bowie's smaller than them now, yeah. <laughs> like by ele- like eleven kids or something yeah. like that, because. Craig Way's got a million things going through yeah. his head. He doesn't have the exact Austin Bowie <laughs> enrollment, yeah, but I happen to have it right in front of me, <laughs> so I got to do it. Yeah, what, the only way Westlake goes D2 is if uh, Del Valley gets in. Del Valley's and down bad. They're, they are they are riding the struggle bus. They're right down now. bad. Um, so that's great. I also am of the opinion now, based on what we saw last week, I think Tempson will be in a semifinal. You got any, you got any, <laughs> no. any uh, doubts about that? Nope. I think that's a pretty oh. right now. I, I mean, two A region one, two A division one, region three is always a good region. But Dude. I mean, right now Tempson is a is a wrecking machine. Dude, bussy. They went to Dangerfield and beat the hell out of out of Dangerfield. Who was the second ranked team in three A division two? Dude, bussy. Like he's unbelievable. Th- ran for four, threw for two, and he had a kickoff return for a touchdown. So that's uh, like that. uh, he. So that's now twenty-two touchdowns in three games. He's a freak show. So he's on pace <laughs> for seventy touchdowns. This he's year. a freak show. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, so so we feel pretty right now. Sports gun in your head. Timson wins region three, two division one. Right now, sports gun in my head. Timson's winning the state championship. All right. Further sports guns to your head. Who's winning region four? Because the two teams, remember, week one, Shiner and Refurio both lose. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, everybody's reaching for the panic button. Well, all Shiner does is go out there and beat, uh, who they beat? Uh, they beat Industrial beat Bad in, in week two, and, and last they week. beat sixth-ranked Poth in 3A Division two, two by a point. And, and with an incredible performance from Dalton Brooks. Yeah. And then there's Refurio. That's the one. They punch up two divisions. To a state-ranked Edna team. Yeah, Edna was ranked number eight in the state in 3AD1. And they beat them by three scores. Pretty convincing. Beat them by three scores. Uh, Jason Herring's 200th win there at Refurio. He's 220. That's that his record good. at Refurio. 200 hyphen 20. Every 10 games, he went, loses one. Yeah. 10 to 1 win-loss ratio. Seems seems okay. And by the way, they as you saw, they schedule an extremely difficult non-district. So. Yes. Um, and so right now... Shiner Refurio. I mean, I think I think the I think I've got last year in my head and yeah. Shiner Shiner how, how bad they beat how them. badly they beat them. But the, and this is not the same Shiner team. No, it's and, not. You know, so it's not. Um, okay. Anything else from last? I thought. Um, I think think you had some. It's funny we had game. It always happens that you have games that are on your radar and then games that come out from out of nowhere. Uh, 
I am very interested in Frisco Reedy. I am very interested. It's a really nice win for that's them, a, that's, Chad Cole's squad. That is, uh, they beat Frisco Lone Star thirteen to seven in a real, sl- in just a real muck fest. Mm-hmm. Um, really impressive from them. Um, maybe we'll talk about them a little later. Buying what Lufkin's selling. Um, that's a great win. It's a great win. It's a great win for them. That's we're gonna see this week. Yeah, we're well, gonna see. I think we've been um, talking about that. I tweeted about this late late last night. Uh, Sock and Brock. Let's talk. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk have Sock a discussion about Sock and Brock. The, the similarities between those two are, are quite stark. Mm-hmm. As far as state number one teams in the mm-hmm. state preseason, they're punched above their weight class in three straight games, and have been well, to diff- varying levels of competitiveness in those games. Mm-hmm. Brock, I think, has been more competitive overall than Sock has. But, but you look at Sock, the Duncanville game, they were very competitive in, mm-hmm. and the second half against DeSoto. They were very competitive, and for about three quarters against Lancaster. I mean, they've been competitive in in mm-hmm. pieces, and it's not like Brock. The end result hasn't worked out like Brock's has, where Brock's been right, you know, one score games yeah. basically. Um, so we we both we we talked about it. We talked. We we kind of thought this would happen. They would go zero and three. Um, we dropped them from the state rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, but you put a sports gun to my head regarding those two, and I think I probably still pick both of them to win their regions come playoff time. Because they're punching you, up so much. Do you think? Do you think that a? Because there's there's two concerns for me. Well, one concern for each of them. Do you think for Brock that simply like? Do you think they're they're still going to be able to match up physically defensively? That's really kind of my question for them when they get into three A Division One play. Basically, yeah. do you think they'll be able to to match up defensively? I think we're going to get that that they, that, t- that question is going to get answered this week against Gunner. Yeah. I agree. Because Gunner, I think, is going to be a much – Gunner's a Division two team, but functionally they're a, they're a really good 3A Division one team. I agree. I, I think this will be the real t- – they, they would be a top five 3A Division one team. Yes. So I think this is the mm-hmm. real – let's see how good – let's see how Brock handles someone in their weight class. The other question for me is, for South Oak Cliff, do you think something clicked offensively against DeSoto? Yes. You do? I watched the second – I watched that game. Okay. Almost – I, I – I, I dialed in um, in the first quarter, and it was seven nothing. Right after Cam and Mathis picked, had to pick six and made it seven nothing to Soto. Um, and for the first half, Sox offense was stuck in the mud like mm-hmm. they had been. Something clicked in the second half. They they went score for score with DeSoto in the second half. I think they found because that, that was not against DeSoto's backups. No, that DeSoto had their. That was a. It was twenty one two. Then it was twenty one nine, twenty eight nine, twenty eight sixteen. It was it was a little bit of a back and forth. Mm-hmm. There, um, I think the key was number one. I think Sox offensive line started to play well, and they stuck with the running game. And then I think their quarterback um, Trey Walton, I think is his name, of memory serves. Um, I think the first couple of games, I think he's been, you know, he's playing not to make mistakes, mm-hmm. and I think maybe a little too cautious. And he let it rip a few times mm-hmm. against DeSoto and let. Wild man and then Randy Reese and those guys go up and make plays and they made plays. Well, and it, it, the funny thing about them is about this about South Oak Cliff especially. I don't feel like five A Division two as a classification has gone and left them in the dust. Like I don't think that any team has emerged that looks like an existential threat to South Oak Cliff within five A Division two. Argyle's our number one team. Wichita Falls Riders are number two team, both within the same region, so they would only face one of them, mm-hmm. right? Theoretically, and they'll be in a state semifinal. Um, I mean, Lovejoy exists, but Lovejoy, 
They've got their own set of concerns. Woof, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like that's the thing for South Oklahoma. I I think if there's time for them to get the wheels on and still be that and team to beat. We're judging South Oklahoma based on games against Duncanville, DeSoto, and Lancaster. Yeah. Those three teams are. There's nothing like those three teams in five A Division two. Yeah. I agree. Even Lan- Lancaster's a 5A Division One team. I don't know if there's anyone in 5A Division Two. That was a 5A Division One team that hung with Geyer. Yeah. So I, those those three those are aliens in 5A Division mm-hmm. Two. So, mm-hmm. well, Sock plays Parrish this week. I think Parrish is going to be a much better indicator of how Sock matches up with the rest of 5A Division Two this week. So I think that's probably right. Um, yeah, I, I just don't, you know we're judging them based off you know like, there's no one in five A Division two that could stay within. I mean, put Duncanville against anyone in five A Division two. Do, mm-hmm. Does anyone in five A D two stay within ten points of Duncanville? No. So I agree. You know, or or seventeen points of Desoto. Yeah. So that's that's that, that's my thing. Um, it's also worth mentioning that um that Coppell's three and zero. A lot of people talk. I think about the word is back out. I think I mean, ever, everyone's two and one. About that. It's a good year for the because uh, so did you see my Twitter poll? Yeah, I did. What that end up being? Uh, did I, I win? Let's. So the the question was, who in the DCTF on the DCTF staff would be the most obnoxious if their alma mater won a state championship? Yes. Is so that you the have, gist of it. Yeah. So so I, I I didn't include Will or Craven, even though Craven's experienced a Cedar Park state championship. He has relatively recently. Yeah. Um, where Ish Ish is Mainer Mainer yeah. alum. You are Capel mm-hmm. Pickles Lano. I'm Everman. So. Uh, there's still about four hours left on the poll. 621 votes. Oh, good, good. Uh, Turn out. I'm leading, which Ooh. is surprising because I've experienced two Everman yeah. State Championships. Mm-hmm. You, you're you right there on my heels. Yeah. Pickles third and the Ish is fourth. Low key, I think Ish would, as petty as Ish is, oh I think gosh. he would be the one who would be the one to watch out for. I think you're poll. right. I think we're right. We've experienced, we've experienced successful Lano. You know what I mean? We, we've had state semifinalists Lano. You guys have never seen successful Capel. You know what I mean? Now... <laughs> yeah. You're you're seeing them go through non-district undefeated, yeah. and throwing up the stringer bell meme every like. week. Yeah, it's your version of throwing up the C. Exactly so, right. I think Ish would if if Maynard ever, which Maynard's really good this year. Yes, they are. I think if Maynard ever won a state, because I went to a Maynard regional final with Ish. Mm-hmm. Two, I think it's two years ago. Two, two or three years maybe ago, when they played Shadow Creek. 2019, uh, maybe. Yeah. They played Shadow Creek in the semi. It was yeah, the year Shadow Creek won it. Mm-hmm. They played Shadow Creek at, at the Alamo Dome. And Maynard hung around for a quarter, and Ish was on one. Feeling it. Oh, yeah. So I think I think if they ever won it, Ish would be the one. Anyway, there's a look back at week three. All right, Matthew, it's time for our week four draft. I will. Uh, here's how it works before we get into it. Uh, if this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games that we're most interested in, most interested in. In week four, any game is available on the board. Uh, we go five rounds back and forth. Once it's picked, it's off the board. Then we round it all out. With America's favorite, the hipster game of the week. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's address the week four elephant in the room. Week it's four a, and week six. It's a kind of a weird week because a lot of bye weeks. Mm-hmm. And from especially from a big school perspective, it's thin. It is thin. Big As far as showcase matchups, there's a couple. But as far as showcase matchups in the big school, 6A and 5A, if if you're if you are a um, you know if you're the guy who just like I just want to turn on Monday Night Football and watch the best you know stuff like that if you're if you're a, a, a somebody who just shops high school football based on headlines this is not the week for you mm-hmm. this is not the week for you if you're a small school snob or 
if you are willing to dig a little bit and find interesting storylines from maybe non-name brand schools, let's just say that, this is a week for you. That's kind of where I feel about week four. I was a little worried because I started doing my, my research on kind of on Saturday, and I was looking through, and I was like, oh, boy, some, some of these games are not particularly interesting. But I started digging around, and I started sending I, I found mm-hmm. the games I sent you. I was like, there's... I was there's worried, but then I, I you call my phone. There's, there's, it's not, the depth's not there, but no. there's, a, there's enough good games yes. that we'll, we'll have a good podcast, I promise. So, so week four draft... Had a coin flip for the show. I won the coin flip, so I get week one. I get pick one one this week. And with my first pick, Matthew, we're going to go to a classic. Uh, are you a nerd or ain't you a nerd game? As let's make sure I get the time and date right here. Um, we're going to go to two A for our first game of the week. Oh, I think I know where you're and going. And that is, you better know where I'm going. We're going seven o'clock, according to this computer. Seven o'clock. Friday night in beautiful Albany, Texas. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Uh, as the unbeaten Albany Lions at Robert Nail Memorial Stadium welcome in the unbeaten Holly Bearcats in number one in 2A Division II mm-hmm. against number two, two in, in 2A, 2A Division I. Mm-hmm. And we haven't paid a ton of attention, probably not, probably unfairly, to what Albany's doing, and I think part of it is that they haven't really played. All due respect to like Seymour, last week they haven't really played anybody that we thought were going to challenge them. Yeah, Seymour's a, f- a decent team. They're a decent. But they're team. not like a team that we put as a regional contender. Right. Or this, but this is an Albany team that we think has a legit chance to win two A Division two this year, and a lot of that, in my opinion, comes down to what's always come down to for Danny Faith coach teams. Which is running game and defense. That's just that's just the mm-hmm. name of the game. That's there's no there's no secret sauce about what um, uh, about what Denny Faith does there. They're going to run the stinking ball and they're going to play great defense. And they've done that so far this year. Um, they have uh, an outstanding they have an outstanding running back uh, in, in in a junior. I believe is it Anthony Hill? It's Adam Hill. Adam Hill, mm-hmm. uh, a junior running back uh, who's, who's averaging 163 yards a ki- or per per game. Um, and he's been fantastic. They've still got, they've got, they've got Coil of Fever, and they kind of use him sparingly. He's also like, he's kind of their Swiss Army knife. They move him all around and get him the ball in a lot of interesting ways. Um, their their quarterback Cole Chapman has been strong when they've asked him to throw. Um, he, they've been they've been very solid. Make no mistake about what this team is about. They're running game of defense. They're running game of defense. Their defense mm-hmm. has been very good. Here is their biggest test to date, going up against this Holly team. Because let me tell you something, y'all. <laughs> Holly's legit. If it weren't for Timpson, and this is silly to say about the number two team because it's obvious, if Timpson weren't so stinking impressive, Holly would be the number one team in the state. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's there's a valid discussion to be had because Holly mm-hmm. has beaten three 3A opponents and beat them bad. Drilled them, okay? That week, you know, look. Jim Ned is obviously still figuring things out. That's kind of a surprise 0-3, right? They're obviously figuring things out, figuring out their identity. But they kicked the dog S out of them back there in, in week one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they dominated them. Yeah. And and then Lovick Roosevelt. Now now here's the thing. If you want to if you want to play Devil's Advocate, all three of those teams they've beaten. Lovick Roosevelt, Eastland, Jim Ned, 0 and 3. 0 and 3. Okay, if you want to make mm-hmm. a, make that argument, 
Albany, I'm comfortable saying that Albany, even though they're 2A Division two, will be the best team, most complete team that Hawley's seen. Mm-hmm. But this Hawley team, you remember, they were so loaded with juniors last year, and those juniors have all uh, grown up into big, bad, mean seniors. Because this team is loaded. And they are. I mean, Will Scott is back, kind of doing it a little, little bit of everything. He's, he's their, their top receiver. He's their leading He's, he's their leading tackler. He yeah. does everything for them. Rody Hooper, their quarterback, has been strong. He has stepped his game up. And that's in that's in uh, you know al- alongside Austin Compton, their running back. This that's, team that's the difference. Austin Compton was he got yeah. hurt in the Coleman game in, uh, that I was at in the third round of the playoffs and didn't play the rest of the playoffs. They got to stay without him. Having him back, he's a big bruising yes, physical back. You had him to Will Scott, Deontay Ramon on the outside, mm-hmm. Chandler Myers. Holly's got weapons. They've got weapons everywhere, and they their balance is really really strong. A lot of this comes down to, and uh, spoiler alert for my picks video coming up this week, a lot of this comes down to, can Albany run the ball on Hawley? That's basically it. Because this Hawley defense is ferocious. They're excellent. And they're really good up front, which they were last year, and they're really good again this year. If Albany can run the ball, game on. And if they can't, Hawley's going to win. That's like, that is as simple as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect a low-scoring game. I expect a game in, in, in at most the 20s. Um, I think this game is going to be a real, just a real rock fight to use a war, uh, to borrow a phrase from Craig Way. This is going to be two teams hurling boulders at one another. This is going to be physical. Yeah, it's going to be a physical game. I like Hawley in this. I, do I too. think they're 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 a little deeper than Albany. Neither, neither of these teams are very deep. Yes. but I think Hawley's just a little. Hawley does what Albany does. It's a little bit better. I think that's right. Um, this is also you know for for Albany. This is another thing. Punching up a, a division. If they hang, like, there's a, like this is one of those perfect examples where if they lose a close game, I'd be okay p- keeping them at number mm-hmm. one. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, so really interesting. We'll find out a lot about two legit West Texas contenders here in week one. I'm going to take Hawley and uh, Albany. What is your first pick, Matthew? I'm going to go out to East Texas, Gregory, a game that you've been to before, but I not have. in this location. I have. Uh, I think you went and was in Longview. I did. Uh, Seven o'clock, I think, Friday night at A. Martin Stadium. It's not seven; it's seven thirty. Just yeah. get there at seven. I just say seven. Get there at six and tailgate. Uh, the three and number one ranked Longview Lobos take on the. Let me check check the re- mm. Mm. the record here. Uh, Lufkin's three and Seven thirty. Yes. Seven thirty Friday night at A. Martin Stadium. Beautiful A. Martin Stadium in the pine the piney woods behind the pine curtain. The three and Lufkin Panthers. Todd Quick's got Lufkin back, and I, I think he's got them back ahead of schedule. So I was out in Tyler during 7-on-7 seven seven this year and talking to some folks, and everybody I talked to said, hey, Lufkin's got some young talent coming. It's going to be another year or two before they're really ready to compete, before Lufkin's really back contending again. You know, you know, They'll be better this year. Keep an eye on them. But in, in 2023, 2024, that's when Lufkin's really going to kind of take, take a step forward. Um they're ahead of schedule because last week you go to College Station, you go to Tigerland Stadium in College Station, and you beat AM Consolidated as convincingly as they did. You've got my attention. Mm-hmm. They went down there and drummed Consol 31 to 14. Kedron Young runs for 263 yards and two touchdowns. Lufkin's defense stood on their head basically all, all game long, containing that powerful Consol offense. This is a Lufkin team that's dangerous, especially at home. In this environment, 
I'm, this is an upset watch game. This oh, might yeah. be a suggestion for the upset watch this week because Longview, they they they're Longview's done nothing wrong. They look. A Martin Stadium is a house of horrors for Longview. Huh? They never play well down there. It is always if they manage to win, it's usually ugly and it's usually a, a street fight. I mean, it's it is tough for Longview to go to Lufkin and beat the Panthers. Now this Longview team might be different because, I mean, oh last week they sixty nine nothing over Tyler Legacy speaks nice. for itself. Uh, yeah, that's a nice score there. Um, Longview got up big. It was it was forty two nothing in the second quarter. I mean, it was over. That you know, Jordan Allen throws three touchdown passes, but they they rotated in so many guys last week because the game it was just a non competitive game. Um, Longview the first week against McKinney Boyd kind of had some things to work out. The last two weeks though, they have been absolutely just they look like the number one team in the state of Texas. Um, I think Longview is going to go down to Lufkin and win this game. And I think Longview's gonna gonna pull away late, but it would not surprise me for about a half if Lufkin really made this thing squeaky ugly. bum time. Because it's just it's a tough place. Longview people will tell you they they don't like going to A Martin Stadium. It is a tough place to play, especially when that Lufkin crowd gets rowdy, and they're gonna be rowdy on Friday night because Lufkin. It's been a couple. They got a lot of pent up pent up aggression here because they they've been down the last couple of years. They're gonna be ready to go when when that when that green and gold comes to town. Those Lufkin people will be ready. So I'm fired up to check out how this game goes. Um, I got Longview winning it, but it wouldn't surprise me if Lufkin made life difficult. So the computer likes Longview by 20. Mm -hmm. It's a little rich. Longview has won eight of the last nine meetings, including the last five. Um, But a lot of these games have been close. Yeah, I know one of those five was a playoff game in 2017. That was a one-point game. That was at, that was at SFA. So one point game, one point game, twenty one point game, one point game, seven point game, three point game. So in the in that nine game stretch, there have been some very tight ball games. Yeah. So Lufkin will need to be on their A game, and and as you mentioned, that's not a fun trip. And and Luf, you know, Lufkin, give Todd Quick a lot of credit, man. You're right, like. This is a program that the past couple of years has been. I mean, there's been you know they've I'll been be frank, the There's been people talking. Hey, you know how you know is it time for Todd Quick to go? Yeah, that kind of thing. And I, I think this this is a retrenching year for Lufkin. Mm-hmm. So the district's tough. I mean, you got Longview, you got you got Lancaster, you got McKinney North, you got Forney, you got Tyler. It's a good district. Yeah, right out of the gates. So um, I think if Lufkin can, you know, Lufkin has a chance to. They they put themselves in the playoff conversation at this mm-hmm. point. So. Um, it's gonna be a fun game on Friday. I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad to see this rivalry being back and and on on the forefront. Because yeah, they took it, they took a year off last year, which was a shame. Shame. They should, they should play every year. They should play every. There's year. no reason been, left for the They should play every year. Great, great rivalry. All right, Matthew. I'm gonna stay in the small school ranks. It's a it's a it's a good small school week. It is a nice little small school week. Nice, nice little small school week. Because we're gonna go 7:30 p.m. Friday night. And I think we may have done one of their games before. We're going to Gobbler Stadium again. I probably did Cuero Campo, probably. Yeah, Cuero Campo. As the unbeaten 3-0 and Cuero Gobblers welcome in the unbeaten 3-0 and Corpus Christi Callal and Wildcats in what is functionally a referendum on what you think of Callal. Yeah. That's, that's what this whole thing is. It's the game of the week in South Texas. Oh, 100%. And because I, I, will, I will tell you this, through three weeks – 
I have a pretty good idea who Cuero is. I feel pretty <laughs> good about what they are. <laughs> you think? Which is an excellent ball club and potential, I mean, and a team that, <laughs> let me say something to make some people in Panola County mad. If I'm Carthage, I'm glad they're on the other side of the bracket. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's in the chain. I mean, look, if, if if you told me today, hey, it's going to be a Carthage Quero State Championship game, I'd buy it. Sign me up. I'd buy it. Because number one, that's two two fan bases of crazy people. Oh, yeah. So sign that'll me up be, for that. Be, and then red and green, the good. It'd be and great. it's Christmas time. Christmas time. Yeah. Beautiful. Anyway, Quero, okay. Yoakum's down. I know this. Yoakum's mm. also smaller. They're a 3A team. And, and Bo Robinson's, it's a, t- it's a tough tough scene down there in, in Yoakum right now. They're, yeah, They're it's, a, it's a rebuilding game. It's, it's a big rivalry yeah. game. You didn't have to do them like that. <sighs> 75 to 6. That might be the most. They've been playing forever. That's like the 100 millionth time yeah. they've played. It's one of the oldest rivalries in Texas. That might be the most lopsided score. Yeah. They won by 69 points. I mean, it was nice. Um, it was. I think it was 62 nothing at halftime. Dude. Dude. Like, I mean, I get it. You know, it looks bad. But, I mean, I, I mean, Fikach has to play his starters at least for a half. Yeah, for you know, sure. It's the old, it's old Jason Aaron Refiero thing. Like, we can't just pull our guys. Yeah. Now, I think second half he, he rotated starters pretty liberally. But the sec, first half right. he had to play his guys. It, it was I, – I, I, I thought Cuero would win comfortably. I was shocked when I saw that score. Tyson Williams is the, is the name we've known from the jump, but this quarterback, Mason Nataro, starting to play well. He has added a new dangerous element to this Quero team. Okay. And you throw in that Quero defense, mm-hmm. that, li- that group of linebackers they have is one of the best in the state. So here's Cal Allen. Cal Allen's coming off of, I thought, a very solid win last week over Flower Bluff. I think it was their best performance of the year. I thought they looked terrific. Mm-hmm. We had Steve Campbell on scoreboard afterwards, and he kind of feels the same way. Like, okay. You know, we knew we were going to be pretty good. You know, I think he's answered any questions of, like, what it was going to be like without Phil Danher. Here's the answer. Yeah. About the same. I mean, Still real good. Let's be, let's be honest. Functionally, Steve Campbell ran that program last yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he was basically the head coach last right. year. Um, they were excellent last week. Uh, they, they, and, of course, they, they opened had, the offense up a little bit. They did. They threw the ball. They're throwing the ball uh-huh. around a little bit more this mm-hmm. year. Um, I'll tell you who else loves Cal Allen. The computers. Mm-hmm. Number one in 4A Division One, And guess who number one in 4A Division Two is? Quero? Wow. Number one versus number one according to the computers. Okay. Now, do I think Cal Allen's the best team in 4A Division One right now? No. Do mm-hmm. I think they can win this ball game? Yeah. They've got to – They've. I mean, it's got to start up, up – the same thing it always does. got to start with their defense. Their mm-hmm. defense has got to find a way to contain and make Quero play in the mud. Make Quero earn it down the field. Don't give up sixty-yard plays. And don't get it. You don't want to get a track meet with Quero. No. Cal Allen's not equipped to get a track they meet. They cannot. Quero. This game has got to be. This game can't be higher than thirty-one points if you're Cal it, Allen. It needs to be a slog. Yeah. Cal Allen wins games that are slogs. Yeah, they've got. You've got to. You've got to water the field. You know what I mean, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Quero in this one. This is, in my opinion, like I mentioned. Um, and I, and I, I think you're right. I think that opening up the offense last week, Bryce Burnett, who was real strong uh, running that offense, oh, that is going to serve them well. It's going to make them yeah. more dangerous. I, I like Cuero in this one. I think they got too much speed. And I think that's going to be the difference in this one. And especially at home, I like Cuero in what could be a really, really fun matchup. Agree. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on this game. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, that's my second pick. What's your second pick, Matthew? 
I'm going to stay in the 4A ranks as well. We get a top 10 matchup in Class 4A Division One in the Metroplex as 3-0 Salina takes on the 3-0 Anna Coyotes in a state-ranked battle. I'm going to say this right now. I think this is the biggest game ever in Anna's history. In I Anna. think that's probably fair. Especially in Anna. Anna's played a couple of playoff games, and I think there was one year they might get to third, but the, but for a game being played in Anna. This is the biggest football game in Anna, in Anna Texas history. Yes. Like, and yeah. this is, I mean, Anna has been a doormat forever, mm-hmm. and they've, you know, Kind of got competitive there under the previous regime. Seth Parr's come in, and, and man, they're they're rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's brought that high flying offense in. They've got you know D one quarterback and Evan Bullock, a Louisiana Tech commit, um, threw for three sixty four and f- and five touchdowns last week. And you got a Boise State commit at running back in 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 uh, Jambers Dubar, one hundred seventy two yards rushing and four touchdowns, nine touchdowns between those two guys. Um, they rolled up sixty eight points last week in a sixty eight twenty five win over Van Alstine and Grinton. The thing about both these teams, Salina and Anna, is neither one of them has played anyone in, in near their weight class. No. So this is the first time. It's like Spider-Man meme now, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you, you know, like it's yeah. going to be one of those games where I'm, we're going to find out a lot about both of these teams in this game because they're, pl- they're they're playing someone capable of punching back. Absolutely. Now Anna, what I like Salina in this game for two reasons. I think Salina is better up front on both sides of the ball, and Anna having to. St- Pull, pull one out of they their were, rear no, end. Th- let's be real. They were beat by Aubrey. Yeah. They had to pull one out of their rear end to beat you see, Aubrey. Did you see Aubrey let one game beat him twice, though? Because didn't they lose last week? They lost to Arlington's again. Which, you know, I'll, I'll give them a pass. It's a 4A D2 <sighs> playing a 5A D2. Arlington's again is not a good 5A Division two team. But I, yeah. I think I think you're right. And it was a Thursday night, too. Yeah, was, that's a Thursday. That, feel, that feels like real, like, yeah. You know, yeah. One, one game beat let him twice. Down, yeah. But – that that game worries me a little bit about because Anna, if you're Anna and you're you're as good as you think you are, I, I think they could be. That you got to beat Aubrey a little more convincingly than that. Mm-hmm. So um, I think Salina wins this game, but I'm fascinated to see this game because it's going to tell us a lot about both teams. And Anna's got a great little stadium up there. Do they? I've, I've, I've been to a game in Anna. They have a nice stadium. Hmm. And it's it's a nice place to see a game. It'll be, That'll be a fun atmosphere. They'll be rocking. We know Salina will show up. Their fans will show oh, up. Oh yeah. So it's so, gonna be. I'll be. They'll be full of how many? How I, much you know what? Craven was looking for a game Friday. I might tell Craven to go because Anna Anna has outstanding barbecue in the press. But box here's too. The, but here's the problem is he's going to uh, College Station in Miami. But is he going down there that he's that looking day? for a game Friday night? Oh, he's going to stay in the Metroplex Friday night. Yeah. Oh well, so then I yeah. Tell him, you, I may tell him to go to that game because great barbecue in the Coyote Stadium. That is a nice old stadium. Wow. Yeah. Uh, holds 4,600. There'll be 4,600 there. I agree. There'll be 4,600. Good, good pick. You took Salina and Anna. Third pick, Matthew. I am going to go to... Let's see. What county is this in? Parker County. That's right. I knew that. We're going to Parker County. As the winless Brock Eagles... <laughs> What's wrong with Brock? <laughs> What's going yeah, line on? Up the, line, line up the phone. 787 <laughs> Billy Mathis on the hot seat. <laughs> Winless Brock. This is, this, I got to be honest. This might be past week two. This might be the first game we've ever done on Tep and Step. Like non-hipster division of winless teams. Of a winless team. Yeah. Brock taking, welcoming in Gunner. Another game that the computer has, number one versus number one. That's right. Brock's the number one team in the 3A Division One computer rankings at 0-3. <laughs> this shows you what kind of schedule they play. Right. Taking on Gunner. We've talked a lot about Brock. We've spent a lot of it in the, in, in, in the interim. Let's talk about Gunner. So Gunner couldn't find anybody to play him in week one. They were going to play Bishop. 
bish in a weird neutral site game. Yeah, in, I, I kind of helped. <laughs> in where was that game going to be? It was me in Pflugerville. It was, me, it was me at the field. At the field. Um, Bishop, Bishop had a got coaching change. Bishop had a coaching change, and I think the Bishop coaching is like, I don't know if it's in my best interest to open up my tenure here getting throttled. Yeah, he, he made a business decision. Yeah. I, and I don't blame him. I don't he blame him. He didn't schedule that game, and it, they were gonna, it was, and it wasn't going to be good for Brock. Brock was going to win that game yeah. so, handily. Couldn't find anybody to play week one. They play Cedar Hill Trinity leadership in week two. Mm-hmm. Cedar Hill TLC. New UIL program. Then last week they play Addison Trinity Christian. Which is kind of a big private school. Um, they're a little down, I think. They're but they're, they're down. They're 0-3 this yeah. year. Okay. Um, so in a lot of ways, this is like this is the first game that Gunner will play, A, against a team that I think is within their weight class. Mm-hmm. And B, is going to... It's gonna punch back. It's gonna punch back, like yeah. and and something that it's not like this. Like you've got to go searching for film and figure out exactly what this team is. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know what Brock is. Mm-hmm. Brock's an zero and three team. <laughs> uh, but this is a Gunner team that last week took care of business. They were excellent. They 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 ran the ball exceptionally well per use. They, they're throwing the ball pretty well as well. This is a Gunner team that I also think defensively is really impressive so far. Um, it's a team that, that I think has, has found a way to, to, to be very impressive. They've, they've only given up six points all year, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I, from what I understand, they're a little nicked up right now. I think they're a little nicked up, which could be problematic going up against Brock because Brock is a big physical ball club. And they're a bigger school. And they're a bigger school. They're going to have better numbers. Depth. Yeah. And I mean, Gunner has great numbers, but Brock's right. Brock's got great numbers, and they're a bigger school. So it's it's one of those things. What's so funny is I think the strength of schedule so far for Gunner kind of sucks, and I think the strength of schedule for Brock is like the best that it's a crazy ever, person has, has ever existed. Yeah. And so, what happens in the middle? Because I do think like Gunner Gunner's deserving to be two and zero, and they're probably the best team in three division two. And in fact, if they win this game, I don't want to say crown them, but. Who's the second best team in three yeah. division two? Mm-hmm. Like that gap is near. Right now we have Holiday as the number two team in three division two, and Gunner has never had an issue with Holiday. No, they've always Gunner handled team. Holiday. Right. So that's one question: is what happens when you get a team that's going to punch back, especially physically mm-hmm. up front? Because Gunner is so good, they are always they always look about the same in the trenches, which is they're a little undersized, but they're also technically sound and good and fly to the football they're defensively, fast. and they're fast, mm-hmm. that, like, this is going to be a great test for them. Brock, we know what they're going to be about. They're going to have that uh, a, a pretty balanced offense that I think is going to is going to test them in, an int- in, in, in different ways. I think that Reed Watkins, uh, the, 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 or uh, rather uh, uh, the, the junior running back, uh, Tudor. Uh, Brett Tudor, yeah. Brett Tudor. Um, he's strong. Tyler Moody, the quarterback, uh, I think is is growing. He's outstanding. He he was yeah. so good last year, and I think I think yes. his numbers are hurting a little bit because of the level of competition. Yes. They're, they're they're just they're, they they played freaking Pleasant Grove, Hershey, and Wimberley. Like like, good lord. So, what is really interesting is this is like a big reveal for both of these teams. Yeah. Of like now we really get to see what you're both about. I'll say this though, you I I agree with what you said in the open about Brock. I'm not worried about them. If they lose this game, 
modestly worse. Yeah, I think they, I, I think if they lose, I think they game. should win this game. They should. I think they should win this game. Mm-hmm. Now they're, they should. Be, they should. If I, I picked Brock, they're they're the favorite in my. But opinion. we also like the funny thing is we also just know almost nothing about Gunner. Like, That's the thing is I just don't know what I don't know what to expect Brock, because they I, haven't they haven't been punched yeah. at all. Ethan Sloan we know is is awesome. Ashton Bennett, their running back and linebacker. We know they've got playmakers. It's just we do, like there's such a there's such a mystery. Yeah, because the gap the the gap between Brock and the two teams they played is so big, and so is the gap between the two between Gunner and the two teams yeah. they played. So it's 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 a fascinating dichotomy in this yeah. game. I'm and really interested to see how real, it goes. There's a real there's a real calib- calibrate calibration mm-hmm. game. This is I the agree. calibration bowl. I'm gonna go in with uh, Gunner and Brock. What's your third pick? I'm gonna go to a really fun cross regional matchup Friday night at. Uh, I don't think it's called Grande Communications Stadium anymore. I'm not going to learn the new name, so they better probably I'm just better uh, change it back. Yeah, um, as unbeaten in top ten, Cibolo Steel at three and zero takes a long road trip to Midland to take on the two and one Midland Legacy Rebels. I'm intrigued by this game. This is this is a game that was set up and born out of two teams being placed in sixteen districts and just kind of looking around and being like, well, well they, they, didn't, they looked around at their respective realignments and no one wanted to play him. So yeah. I remember Clint Hartman called me and I said, well, Steele's looking. He goes, give me his number. And <laughs> Coach signed at Steele was like, yeah, I guess we'll play. I mean, <laughs> we don't anybody else to play. So now, now they're playing. And uh, I'll tell you what, Steele's got a – look at Steele's resume. They got three impressive wins. Yes, they do. Brennan, Lake Travis, and Hutto. And last week, their game against Hutto was probably their most impressive win by far because of how the Knights played. Mm-hmm. They dominated Hutto 49-16. to And that, that was an unbeaten Hutto team that had, that had looked really good in their first two games. And Steele just swatted them out to half court. Uh, the sophomore quarterback, Chad Warner, continues to improve. And, get, and this Steele team is going to get – they are sophomore heavy. Mm-hmm. They are going to do nothing but improve week in and week out. Um, they've got the running back who's committed to Utah State, the linebacker, Makai Williams, committed to Tulane. T- Steele's got talent, and they're mm-hmm. really, really impressive and fun to watch. But this is a tough road trip, long road trip to Midland. They're, they're going to be a hostile environment there at Grande. Uh, and Midland Legacy's got that dude at quarterback, Marcos Davila. He rules. Um, he threw for 357 and five touchdowns, and he was pulled with 10 minutes left in the, se- in the third quarter. So basically, <sighs> in a half, he threw. Threw up three fifty-seven and five touchdowns. Silly, fifty-six twenty over Abilene, and it, and it wasn't. It was forty-nine nothing at halftime. It, it, it was not in question at all. Um, Legacy's got the uh, the Canyon Moses kid committed to Arizona on defense. Legacy's got talent as well. Um, the loss to Tascosa is a little mystifying, but I'll, I'll chalk that one up to being on the road, tough road environment. Um, that's what Steele's facing this week, and I'm picking the upset here, Tep. Ooh. I think Midland Legacy is going to beat Steele. I don't think this is the first long road trip for mm-hmm. all those sophomores at Steele, and they're having to go to Midland to play. I like Midland Legacy. I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I like Midland. if Steele wins this game, you got to really start talking about the Knights because that that to go five hours, six hours on the road and beat a good team on the road would be a really impressive feather in the cap. And the funny thing is, next week Midland Legacy is taking the trip to San Antonio because they have Converse Judson next week. Oh my God. So it's a San Antonio double for the Rebels. That's an interesting pick. That's an interesting pick. And I, I agree with you that, like, the biggest advantage that Legacy is going to have in here is that they're at home and mm-hmm. that they're going to have the ability to, to, you know, roll out of bed and go play this game. And for Steele, this is 
This is but this is one of those games that if you believe that Steel can make that playoff run, this will serve them like in a, oh, yeah. in a in a real way of like no we're gonna have to travel to hopefully Houston to play a game we're gonna have hopefully have to travel to, to Arlington to play mm-hmm. a game. so I think that you're right that's 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 a good pick there in Steel and Lexi a lot to glean from them and now we've reached the portion of the podcast where it's weird like now this is this is this is what I mean by like it being a weird week four. Because mm-hmm. now you're kind of getting into different games that, like, I think there's I think there's a gap now of, like, maybe the quality of games. Maybe there's one or two, maybe the one that I'm going to pick. But a lot of them are almost in the small schools. Almost all of them are in the small schools. Like, you picked a big school game. That's the first big school. No, you took a long, Longview Love game. Yeah. I think, believe it or not, I'm going to do a fourth straight small school game. All right. Matt Stapp, let's go to the house that Ashley Pickle built. Let's start calling it that. In the hill country. Seven o'clock. Is that right? I believe so. I, believe I think I think Ish is going to this game, too. Are you kidding me? He mentioned I think he mentioned he was thinking about going to Coleman and Lano. Uh, well, now you ruined what the game is. 7.30 p.m. 7, 7.30 p.m. I don't know what it is. Come on. It is seven o'clock. Friday night at Lano Stadium. 400 Highway 71 East in Lano. As the unbeaten Lano Yellow Jackets welcome in the unbeaten Coleman Blue Cats. You know I don't like to say nice things about Ashley Pickles, <laughs> alma mater, but this Lano team's really good. I think they're really good, and I think that this is they're good at especially I think they're very strong up front. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to serve them well moving forward. I think that their front, especially their their front seven defensively and their offensive line are both pretty darn strong. That is that I think is going to serve them not only well in this game but but moving forward. Um, we you know of course Lano is is no stranger to to making deep playoff runs. They they feel good about what they what they're going to be able to do you know going forward. I think that they're I, I've been impressed with the the quarterback play they've had in Briggs Green. I think he's kind of added to what is really kind of the 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 heart of what this team is, which is about running the ball. Carson Kirkendall, they got another Kirkendall, believe it or not. Uh, Carson Kirkendall has Another been run, one. Run, running the ball very well. Miguel Hernandez, they've run the ball very well. And then their defensive front seven has been very strong. Going up against this Coleman team, the Blue Cats are 3-0. And their quarterback, Jaden Jackson. He's that dude. He's he's dynamic. If you want to tell me he's the best player in this game, I think I'd listen to you. Yeah. Like This kid's a star. And this could be, I will say this. Because Coleman, who have they beaten so far? They've got one game. They've got one they win. That's Mason, yeah. Mason week one was a close game. It was yeah. 7-6. They, yeah, that's, the, that's their, their real feather in their cap. They beat Mason, and then they beat Ballinger and, and Brady. They're punching up a classification. Punching up two divisions. Two divisions, a full yeah. classification. This is, for me, an opportunity for Jaden Jackson. This is a star-making opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because up against a good defense that's a lot bigger than them on the road, if he shows out in this game... That's going to turn a lot of heads, and I think people are going to really start paying attention to what Coleman's doing, because I think right now they're flying under the radar a little bit. Yeah, do you remember a couple of years ago when Pickle went down? It was yes. the COVID year. That's right, twenty twenty. When San Saba and Lano played, mm-hmm. and Lano won a kind of a heart stopping game. Mm-hmm. San Saba's two A division. I think this is going to be a similar game. I think Could Coleman's going to going to hang in there, make some plays. I think Lano's going to wear him down. They're a bigger school, more depth. I think Lano wears them down in a second. Half. I think, th- and I think especially because of the way they're built and the, yeah. where their strengths lie in the fronts. I think that that you, you're right. But Coleman's got the guy in Jaden Jackson. They do. And they if do. he takes over this game, 
watch out, and then we could really be in here next Monday talking mm. about, dude, is Coleman is Coleman legit in two A Division one? Yep. So a lot to learn there. Uh, I'm gonna go with Coleman and Lano. What is your fourth pick? Temper, can I interest you in a game that is featuring two teams hmm. in the last five years? Well, not even quite five full years yet. We're four years and three games are playing for the ninth time. <laughs> yup. <laughs> the stupidest rivalry. It's not stupid, but it's just it's 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 dumb. These two are rivals. It is, it is the most like unlike happenstance. Yeah. Like, oh, we just keep seeing you here. Yeah. <laughs> Wichita Falls Rider at three and zero visits two and one Lubbock Cooper, and yes, they have played. This will be meeting number. They played the last four years twice, dude. This in the is, regular season and in in the regional final. So I went and I looked this up, and it makes sense because they're in the district, right? In a district together, so their district play didn't start till later, and because it's a non-district game, it's earlier. This is nine times. In less than four calendar years. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because uh, because one of those years, the COVID year, they were playing like the the, the playoff game was in Jan- it was on New Year's Day. Like, I want you to think about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Okay, the Cowboys play the Eagles twice a year. Mm-hmm. Cooper and Ryder have played each other more in that span. It's crazy, and they know each other so well. It's no secrets here. The coaching staffs know each other really well, and they get along fine. They're just, yeah. They, they kind of make jokes about it now. But um, I saw Ryder last week. I went to their game in Wichita Falls. They took on Lubbock, Lubbock Coronado and, and pulled it out late. Coronado led most of the way. Ryder is tough, and they're gritty. They find a way to win. Jack Pitts, that quarterback, is, is, a, is, a, is a gamer. He makes plays. Um, big news in this game was the, the loss of Anquan Willis for Ryder. He got hurt in the first quarter right there on, along the goal line. Uh, Texas Tech commit. Um, I've heard some not great things that he may not be back for the. He may he may be out for the entire year. Hopefully, oh, no. what I heard is incorrect. Um, but really, that hurts Ryder a lot. They're the number two team in five A Division two, but Anquan Willis is kind of their guy. So they're going to need some guys to step up on the road in this game because Lubbock Cooper. Let me tell you, this is a vintage Lubbock Cooper team. They big offensive line. They will grind you down. They. They want to they control the clock and control the ball. Now, the defense is not what they were. They lost two four-year starters, D- Division I uh, commits um, last year. Uh, the defensive end went to Baylor, and then uh, Kobe McKenzie, the linebacker, went to OU. So the defense has some concerns. They, they gave up 500 yards of offense last week to Abilene Wiley. But mm. they were able to escape with the win because they got a couple of key red zone turnovers. They had a kickoff return for a touchdown. And they had three different backs gain at least sixty yards on the on on the night. So that's kind of Lubbock Cooper football on offense. They're going to run the ball, control the clock, be physical. The defense has got to improve. Um, I think a wounded Rider team will they'll be able to handle them in this game. I think Lubbock Cooper uh, takes advantage of that, of that uh, depleted Rider uh, ball club and gets themselves a fairly comfortable win at home uh, to close out their non-district slate. I like it. I think that that's – I think the other thing is, like, every time – it seems like every time they play, it's, like, close. And it's always the same game. Mm-hmm. The winner usually has about 24 points. The loser has between about 14 and 21. Or, to, or rather, like, 10 and 17. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how it always ends. So I would expect these two to, to go at it again. Uh, and, and, yeah. Now, you, you saw Ryder last week. I did, yeah. Um, 
They're solid. They're solid. They're not. They're not deep. Okay. And you lose. You know, their their best defensive lineman was already out. Because again, I'm trying to get a feel for five A division two. You know what I mean? I just wonder if Anquan Willis is out for the year. I just don't know if they're they're going to have the firepower. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my my biggest concern. Yeah. All right, it's a good pick, Matthew. I am going to go west, Matthew. I'm going to go extremely west, Matthew. I'm going to go seven o'clock. I guess eight o'clock <laughs> Central Time Friday night at Conquest Stadium in beautiful El Paso, Texas. The Lower Valley with the best press box spread in all of Texas. As the two and one El Paso del Valle Conquistadors welcome in the two and one Canateo Eagles. In a huge East Texas, or El Paso, East Texas, very much not East Texas, <laughs> Eastern New Mexico, maybe. Really more like Central New Mexico. Um, El Paso matchup between what you could call, try this on for size, the best team in El Paso in 5A Division One mm-hmm. against the best team in El Paso in 5A Division Two. Is that fair? I think it's a very fair statement. Yep. Del Valle is off the two and one start. They they suffered the loss to uh, to six A Pebble Hills a couple weeks ago. Um, Both teams lost Pebble Hills. That's Del yeah. Valle. The, yeah. uh, Canatillo's only loss and Del Valle's they have only a, They have a common Valle's. opponent in this one. And Del Valle is a really fascinating. Or actually, let's start with Canatillo. Let's start with Canatillo. They've got a guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is L J Martin. Ah, you know what L J stands for? Long jump. Close, Little John. Oh, Little John? His, his name is John, and his dad's name is John, oh, so I love he it. goes by Little John. So this kid's, a, this kid's the best player. This kid is the best player in El Paso. Is that? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Best player. All right. I, I want to make sure I wasn't overlooking because every once in a while, like, Eastwood's got another quarterback, like Minyaras, I think it is, who's really good. Martin. Stanford um, commit. He's, he's incredible. Um, and he's that guy. Their defense has been, I will say, their defense has been mostly good. That lost to Pebble Hills, kind of notwithstanding, but even then they kind of held them relatively. I think it was in twenty, check. what twenty three yeah, nothing. Or their something? defense yeah. has been pretty darn solid. Canatillo always plays tough yes, defense. Yes, that's kind of their calling card. You think back to 2014, 2015, when they their were, semifinal team was yeah, really good defensively, really, yeah. really strong defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Canatillo, Del J Martin show. Del Valle does not have an L J Martin. No, but what they do have is, I think, a really nice complement of different weapons. That are going to be that offensively are going to be able to really challenge this Cantillo defense. Jesse Ramos, their quarterback, has been very strong. They run the ball. They've got a junior quarterback Juan Archuleta, who's been who's been strong as well. They've got a trio of receivers. They, they're not just a one receiver team. They, they spread the ball around. And really, again, outside of uh, outside of um, the, the game against Pebble Hills, they gave up 50. Defense been really strong. Mm-hmm. A lot of this comes down to depth, where Del Valle should have a small advantage. Agree. And then does L.J. Martin do something crazy? Like, that's kind of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think the balance, Del Valle's, and we might be on different sides of this. I might take Del Valle in this game because I think that the offensive balance that they have is maybe going to have maybe maybe the difference in this one, even though that goes against one of my other really, you know, help, firmly held beliefs, which all things being equal, go to the team of the individual best playmaker. Yeah. yeah. So I think you've got, you're within your right to take either team. I think the computers that is pick them, I think that's spot on. These two teams, I think they're very evenly matched, and a lot of positives for both these teams 
who both who both hope to win their district and, and, and maybe play a couple rounds deep in the playoffs. Um, we'll learn a lot about them when uh, Del Valle takes on Cantillo. I think you're taking Cantillo, right? I am. I'm, I, I think I think I think it's a pick game. Yeah, it's a toss up. I, I went with Cantillo because they have the be- like I said yep. the best player. Yep. Um, yeah. So. All right. What is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? Gonna go back to the small school ranks. Friday night in North Waco, as the mm-hmm. number two ranked China Spring Cougars at three and zero in four A Division One take on the number ten four A Division Two three and zero Waco Conley Cadets. You know what I love? Big showdown in Waco. You know what I love? I love when we come on this podcast and we preview a game and it plays out like exactly like we thought it would. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what happened with Yo and Conley last week. We said it was going to be a shootout. It's going to be pointsy, and it's going to be close. And guess what? 45-40 on yep. a wa- game-winning kickoff return? Is that right? No, Yo scored late, and then uh, and then um, Conley scored like on 16 seconds left in the yep. game. It was late. Yeah. Uh, Kiefer Sibley scored mm. a yeah, touchdown right. run. So um, Conley blew a big lead. Conley led by 19 in the fourth quarter, and Yo made his crazy comeback mm. uh, to get in the game. But... Uh, big news here is the status of Jelani McDonald, Conley's quarterback, who's committed to Oklahoma State. He left the game late with an injury. Status is unknown. Mm-hmm. I have to think he, if he's not completely healthy, there's no way Conley plays him in a non-district game against a physical team like China Spring. Probably fair. just just don't see it. Uh, China Spring last week can't take much from their game against Mahia. Mahia was outmatched. It was 63 to seven. Trey Hafford was the star of the show. He. he Basically did everything, started popcorn, played trumpet in the band, led the cheerleaders on the sidelines. I mean, he did everything. He had 250 yard, 253 yards of offense, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, interception. He caught a touchdown pass. Uh, China Springs up 42 nothing at halftime and empties the bench. So um, I think no, probably no McDonald in this game, plus China Spring in their, their depth, especially up front, um, and with – Cash McCollum there at quarterback. This China Spring offense is, is cooking with Crisco. I think China Spring rolls against a Jelani McDonald-less Conley Cadets ball club. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're right. Like, that's that's part of why I held off taking that game, simply because it's a super interesting game on paper, but mm-hmm. if but a non-full-strength Conley, and you're right, if he's – if McDonald's 70%, there's no reason to put him out there. In no, a non-district not game. non-district. Especially against a team like China Spring where they just want to – beat you black and blue. Yeah, you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's way too big of a risk. Yeah, so unfortunately, like, that's, that takes a little bit of starch out of this game, but I, I think you're right, and and a better test for China Spring than they faced last week against Mejia. So yeah, Conley's still got athletes. It's just not, they're not going to have that, that guy. Yeah, I think that that is right. So there you go. There's your week four draft. Step took Longview, Lufkin, Salina, Anna, Steele, and Legacy. Midland Legacy, I should say. Ryder and Wichita, or Lubbock Cooper and Waco Conley, China Spring. I took Albany, Holly, Cuero, Corpus Christi, Callan, Gunner, Brock, Coleman, Lano, and Canatillo, and El Paso del Valle. And now, Matthew, it is time for our Hipster Game of the Week. Where will your Hipster Game of the Week find you? I'm going to – so I'm, I'm going to change my Hipster Game up a little bit because you went, we, we, we did an El Paso game. I was going to go with Americas and Franklin, which is a district ball game. It is a big uh, And has playoff implications. But I'm going to go one of one of our 3-0 versus 3-0 matchups we didn't discuss. Mm. Make sure I'm not taking it. – it's a 4A game. Nope. Okay. Um, as 3-0 Somerset takes on 3-0 Beville Jones, uh, state-ranked Beville Jones. How about that? Chris Sosa's ball club. 
mm. state ranked this week. Um, they've been impressive. Got a win over Sinton under their belts. They've been been very impressive. Um, they run the slot T, but they they don't they're not a true slot T team. They will get, they will throw it around a little bit and and do some things um, offensively. Taking on the Somerset Ball Club that I think has been quietly under under Coy Detmer, one of the better yes. teams in San Antonio this year. Um, they're three and zero back to back wins to start the year over five A opponents, and then they they drill Floresville last week. 35 to 7. The defense has been the story for for Somerset, only allowing 31 points in 3 games. Um tough road trip though. They're having to go to Beeville on the road and play this uh, a Jones squad that's going to be those Trojan fans are going to be out there in burn orange ready to go. Tough atmosphere. I think it's a fascinating matchup. Pick em, it's a pick 'em type game. I lean slightly to Beeville being at home, but I'm going to be keeping an eye on this one. A very fascinating matchup down there in South Texas. Excellent pick, Matthew, and I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you didn't uh, take mine because that would have been very bad. Um, because I'm going to a similar part of the state. Okay. Also for three and over versus three and zero matchup. Matt Step, let's go seven o'clock Friday night at. And I want to make sure I get this right. Is that right? Hold on. Let me, Oh, give me a second. I, I had it up and then I lost. I've got a million tabs open. Uh, yeah, at Davenport High School Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they, I don't think they named the stadium. We need, need to call Coach Zimmerhans and ask if they've named the stadium in yet. San Antonio. I want to make sure I got that right. As the Davenport Wolves, the unbeaten three and zero Davenport Wolves take on maybe as surprisingly the three and zero Lockhart Lions. What are you doing here, Lockhart? Lockhart is off to, um, I mean, quite frankly, I mean, when, I would I would need to look up the last time they were three and It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, Todd Mavis is doing a good job down there. But they got and and they won a close game over San Antonio Southwest. They beat Pflugerville Conley last week. Another battle of unbeaten. They beat Kyle Lehman. Um, this is a Todd Mavis, former Abilene Cooper coach, doing a fantastic job. Uh, this offense has been humming forty points a game. Uh, offensively, they have been lighting it up. Let me see if I can find some stats here on Lockhart. Um, you listen to live coverage of me seeing if the San Antonio Express News has some stats. They don't. Uh, no. Anyway, I'm sure they're great. Lockhart, off to a great start. Here's Davenport, okay? First year, It's not. is it a first year varsity program or is it a first year UIL program? First year UIL. They played outlaw schedule last year. They played outlaw schedule, yeah. okay? Um, but they are off to a fantastic start. And what, what impresses me most about their start so far is, yes, they're 3-0, but more importantly, they're 3-0 in three, definitely two, pretty tight games. Mm -hmm. They've pulled it out late. They've, they beat Victoria West by a touchdown. They beat Kerrville-Tyvee by a field goal uh, earlier this year. They are winning at the margins, which is not something you normally see from programs that are entire almost entirely devoid of seniors yeah right now the leader of this team um the leader of this team is a junior in their quarterback uh tristan hamlin he has been very strong for them but they do have one senior who's been kind of leading the way on the ground in uh, shaston golden who's been very strong as well somebody's going to be four and oh after this game and i think davenport's going to do it it's a it's a pick 'em type game. Yeah. It's a real it's a real tight game. I think I like I Davenport. I saw Davenport in seven on seven. They made the state tournament. They were they some impressive looking kids. They're, kids. they're gonna be a team to watch. Kids. 
I'm going to take Davenport and Lockhart as my hipster game of the week. There are 30, I mentioned this, there's 31 Texas high school ball games that are matchups of unbeatens, including a couple of shout-outs here to unbeaten, unbeaten versus unbeaten. Ready? All right. Itasca and Bartlett is a matchup of unbeatens. <laughs> Let's go. Bartlett, the uh, alma mater of Claude Mathis, DeSoto head coach. Oh, I didn't know that. State champion running back there. Poteet at Pearsall. Pearsall. The Mavericks. Yeah. Unbelievable. No, I've been to a game in Pearsall before. What? I've been to a game in Pearsall. I think you worked here when you went to a game in Pearsall. I did. I think I gave you trouble for going to a game in Pearsall. No, remember I remember that was in that, that awesome taco place with the chickens in front. That's right. <laughs> you and Max were like, I need I need to go here and eat. Um, and finally, I must give a shout out. We mentioned North Crowley. We talked about them very. You know who they play this week? Pascal, right? Unbeaten Fort Worth Pascal. Let's go. Dude, you want to talk about, parent, like, love you guys, perennial doormat. Yeah. Fort Worth Pascal to be three and zero. Shout out Panthers. I think sizable underdogs this week against yeah. Crowley, but go get them. Go get them. Go get them. <laughs> go get them. Uh, anyway, shout out to him. And we're uh, uh, Pickle and I are going to, and, and our producer Patrick Madrowski are going to a battle of unbeaten's uh, place. A place you've never been. Uh, Bluffdale. I'm driven through Bluffdale. Bluffdale welcoming in Cherokee in a suddenly a top ten matchup yeah. of unbeaten's. Yeah. And then uh, Friday you'll be in the studio, right? Friday I'll be in the studio. But now, Matthew, it's time to find out where you're going with the Matt Step CountryMeats.com road tour. Special shout-out to our friends at Country Meats. They handcraft delicious and healthy snacks to help your group and teams easily raise money with a dozen delicious flavors to choose from. My favorite is the hot barbecue and the ghost pepper. Mm. Reach your fundraising goals fast and order yours at countrymeats.com. Use the discount code STEP10. That's STEP, the number one, the number zero, to get 10% off your first order. Country Meats fundraising never tasted so good. Country Meats, you're the best Country Meats. You're the best. You're my favorite. You're my favorite rural meat company. Okay. I think that's a fair statement. I, I, in fact, we're, you know what? We were lap, journalists with capital J's. Lap in the field. There you go. Where are you going this week? Thursday night. I've got a doubleheader. Dude. Well, the weirdest doubleheader ever. I need ever. you to explain this to me. <laughs> Some guy in Wise County booked <laughs> AT&T Stadium, apparently, as at 4 o'clock, the Paradise Panthers at 3-0. and Good team. Take on the Millsap Bulldogs at 2-1. and That's like a... It's a fairly decent small school That's matchup. like an accidentally excellent game because yeah. <laughs> two teams we didn't have super yeah. high hope for. Four o'clock game on Thursday. I mean, what else is going on, right? right? You should yeah. go there for a couple hours and hang out with me. Uh, I'm going to be on my way to Bluffdale. That's why you're going to Bluffdale. Uh, that's a long way. Uh, did you find a place to eat in Granberry? I texted Daniel Olschlegel, who's the uh, off the corner at Granberry. He gave me a spot. Okay. I'll run it by you and see if All it's... Right. I don't want to blow up a spot in the air. Right. Coach O, if you're listening, I appreciate you, you getting back All to right. me. Uh, and 8 o'clock, the nightcap, the winless Benbrook Bobcats take on the 2-1 and one Bridgeport Bulls. J.D. Martinez's squad at AT&T Stadium. I forgot J.D. Martinez is there. Yeah. Yeah, good room. You know where he's – you know, he, he's from Granbury, actually. He's Granbury yeah, alone. this is all coming back to Granbury. Gran, Granbury is the center of the high school football universe this I got week. My, I got my COVID vaccine in Granbury. Yeah, I mean, it's all, all roads lead back to Granbury. <laughs> yeah. Hood County, what's up? Uh, Friday night, I will be in Howe. As the two and one Howl Bulldogs host Chad Rogers and the two and one Tioga Bulldogs, it's a battle of bull. It's going to be a bulldog fight in Howl on Friday night. Um, so when you put out your schedule earlier this year, mm-hmm. 
Do you know who a Hal? You know who's a Hal Bulldog? If we just play, you know who went to that school? Okay. Um, Becca Egger, who's the woman who shot the secondary cover, no, the party, cover. party at Egger's house. Par- party at Jeff Egger's house. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's his. Uh, it's 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 Mrs. Egger. The, his the, better half. Yeah, his better half. Yeah. Um, who also shot the the South Oak Cliff cover? Yes. Uh, but she was Hal, and sh- so they they put this. The, you put out your schedule, and Mr. Egger, Coach Egger, texted me, and he goes. Dude, why is Step going to How? And I go, you gotta understand what he wants to do. He's, I, I guarantee you, he's either never seen How or he's never been to How. It's one of the two. It's both. It's both. And also, I, I told Chad Rogers I'd, I'd catch a game this year. Well, hey, and so you've, you've stumbled into an excellent ball game. I have, mm-hmm. you know, blindly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, see everyone at How Friday night. I'm mm-hmm. excited to visit How. I've driven through How, never stopped, because you know it's right there, just south of Sherman. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would you stop in Howe? You just go to Sherman, yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. uh, excited to check it out. Not that far away. Should be a good game. And it's two two and one teams. How under Lance Bryan is much improved. They are a lot better. Uh, and then Saturday night, I will be down in Houston for a really good game that's probably going to be for the district title down there mm-hmm. in Fort Bend ISD. Fort Bend Hightower takes on Fort Bend Ridge Point. Saturday, 6 o'clock at beautiful new Mercer Stadium, the remodeled Mercer Stadium. Dude, the, the game quality, like, not quality, but just, like, the game whiplash that you're going through of, like, <laughs> you're going to be at Howe and Tioga, uh-huh. and then less than 24 hours later, you'll be at Fort Bend Hightower and Fort Bend yeah, Ridgepoint. What's up? This is, you are That's the, why Texas high school football is beautiful. Dude, you're, you're the guy who goes to, like, the, the Golden Corral and you, like, go over to, like, the seafood place, like, side of it and get, like, I don't know, fried fish. And then you're like, what if I just get some ice cream on the same plate, yeah, too? Yeah, That'd be dope. Yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's me. Oh I'm a high school football buffet guy. You know what you are? <laughs> you remember when you would go, we have gone off the rails here in the final minutes. Um, do you remember where you would go to the, uh, like, you would be at, like, a, a pizza place or wherever and they'd have the found drinks and you just get a little you'd go all the sodas all at one. Oh yeah we call it a suicide growing oh, yeah. up oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> you are the high school football version of the soda suicide <laughs> hey it's what I, it's, it's a brand <laughs> it's what we do it, it, i guarantee the people in Howell will be so excited that that, that dave campbell's is there so it, it's, it's i mean it's, it's the same reason we're going to uh, uh pickle and i are going to bluffdale because yeah, it's, it's, it's the brand like, it's it's like we're going out there because I never get to see six-man football because they always play on Friday nights. And then even if they didn't play on Friday nights, a lot of it's just so far away. Yeah, this Bluffdale's reasonably close. It is a, about a two-hour drive. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so we're going to go out there. And, and I texted um, I texted the coach whose name is escaping me at the moment. I texted coach, and I told him we were coming. He's like, dude, really? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Coach uh, Coach Wade Johnson. We uh, I texted him and, and told him we're, we're coming out. And it'll be a lot of fun. So we're going to find a place to, to eat on the way out there. There you go. And uh, I'm going to try to talk hard again to come, too. Okay. Well, I can't wait to tell you about my games next week. That's a tease. That's a tease ahead. Next week, you're, you're going to be jealous of my games next week. That's a thing. That's something for next week. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Steph, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tap and Step. Mm-hmm.